You are listening to Studio 41. Hello, hello and surprise, surprise. Welcome to this bonus mini episode of the podcast. Now you must be wondering why am I releasing a bonus mini episode of the podcast? The answer to that is that because India won the match. Now you must be thinking India won the match, the test match at Lords. Yes, exactly. That is what happened. Here's the deal. Today on our Discord server we were discussing the possibility of an India win and since it seemed quite unlikely that India would win, I ended up committing to a bonus episode. I thought it would be fun. India did win the most unlikeliest of wins and a match which India had no business winning. It was as if the boys just conjured a win out of sheer will. Uh, you know what Master Shinoda and Fort Minor sang, right? 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, 50% pain, and 100% reason to remember the name. What is coming up next is an yet unheard bit from a previous episode. Rajat Guru Raj was on the show a few months back. This bit couldn't make it to the final episode that you must have heard earlier. I'm bringing this to you today. Remember this is just a mini episode. The proper podcast episode will be out on the weekend as always. This is just a bonus. So, I hope I really really hope you enjoy this one and without any further delay, welcome to Quiz Time India. The next question is rather simple. There's not much to it, but it is it's got an interesting tiny bit of trivia at heart of it. and so we're talking about animals here a particular type of animal okay and uh, they may look similar to another commonly known or seen animal but these animals the ones that i'm talking about have a slightly v shaped face prominent nose like ending with a prominent nose with their well attuned snouts and sharp claws they are known as fossorial diggers and they have small but fine teeth that allow them to easily chew their food as i said they are sort of they look like a f- same family of another animal that we see quite often uh in our world in our country the name for this animal actually comes from a telugu word which meant pig rat okay now pig rat got anglicized so the english came they took it they could not say the telugu word and they made a word of their own and now that animal is known by that particular word can you tell me what is this animal that i'm talking about so uh, i it know it is featured in a video game also yeah right i i know this answer uh, because uh, i have been dealing with this pest uh you know in 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 my uh, sort of grandparents house this was a very uh, sort of dangerous pest to have around uh, hmm. these are bandicoots yes yes and so, can you tell me the telugu word it is a pandi kukku uh, which is pandi is the uh, telugu word for pig brilliant brilliant there's no doubt there's no scope for any mistake you just hit it out of the park <laughs> exactly what i was looking for the telugu word is pandikoku which means pig rat and the british took pandikoku and make it made it pandikoot 
and uh, you are right it is uh, said to be quite a nightmare for those who have to face it yes. and it's commonly found in the asian subcontinent in asia and asian subcontinent yeah Indian it subcontinent is, rather yeah it is it is dangerous because uh, what happens is it sometimes uh, jumps also so it can jump on you unlike oh. unlike uh, rats which just basically scurry away mm. uh so these can yeah. just out of uh, self defense they can just jump on you they they won't do anything and the other dangerous aspect of it is uh that uh, some of them can be rabid also wow. so i so, mean not wow but <laughs> that's scary yeah so it's it's uh, really a animal which i would not want in my dreams ever <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's change the topic fast yes <laughs> yes so uh, so another i mean this makes me think about uh, uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, english words with uh, you know which have originated from india so so there uh-huh. is a, a corresponding sort of a, uh, i mean there are a lot of uh, indian words which have gone on to the english language uh, so mm-hmm. so there is something known as uh, uh, Malingat uh, Maligat Tanni I think I don't know if I'm speaking Tamil mm-hmm. correctly but uh, it's it's called Maligat Tanni uh, which is basically uh, you know hot uh, it, it's basically kind of like a sambar so so the british uh, really like this it had uh, some peppers and uh, lentils and uh, mm-hmm. other things and the british took this and they made it uh, popular in in the uk and they basically drank it as a soup and uh, not like okay. mixing with uh, rice or anything like that but they drank it as a soup uh, and it became popular from there on uh, in all the i mean it's one of the standard soups that you see if you look at the even the campbell line in the us the campbell soup line mm-hmm. uh, there also it's this, yeah. this flavor is available but this is basically coming from tamil uh, for the malingatani water so so what is it uh i don't know uh, the name does sound familiar yeah so uh, so i'll give you the answer uh, i mean it's it's not very popular in india at the moment uh, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's called uh, maligatani maligatani soup yeah it's it's, uh, it's a very popular uh, british soup um, and mm-hmm. it's basically the same uh, sort of uh, preparation but just thickened a bit i think uh, to suit the uh, soup so so that is one of the things so uh, there is one more uh, funny uh, anecdote uh, so when the british came to mm. india there was uh, basically uh, they had to learn hindi quickly right hindustani they had to learn it quickly yeah. so that they can communicate so they used some sort of a uh, sort of shortcuts in the sense that the words which sound the similar uh, in english they would form a sentence so uh, mm-hmm. so one sentence that they uh, the british used with their servants who were usually indians uh, who understood hindustani was uh, and they used it very frequently over the course of the day uh, it's basically one sentence in english there was a band crow so so what is there was a band crow <laughs> do you know there this? was a band crow yes exactly <laughs> there was a band crew okay yeah fair <laughs> enough <laughs> so yeah so that that's right. where that comes from all right yes yeah so uh 
in the 18th century the battle of buxar of 1764 was fought between the east india company on one side and shujaudola who was the nawab of awadh and the wazir of the mughal hmm. empire uh, raja balwant singh of banaras and mirza najaf khan on the other side so on the indian side you had these three uh, princes and kings so the indian uh-huh. side had a, a large army they had about 150000 soldiers and had every uh-huh. kind of unit from the afghan rohila cavalry which was very uh, well trained and feared uh, to even a modern uh-huh. artillery unit so so there was a french uh, mercenary who had trained the artillery unit in shujaudola's uh sort of uh, army so that they can face out against mm-hmm. the british so along with mm-hmm. this in the indian side there was a group of scary looking men uh they were about uh 5 to 6000 and uh, they are a group which continue to exist till today so so though they were soldiers in the battle of buxar but uh in the modern time we don't know them as soldiers but there are a group of scary looking men who are in the new cycle every few years and they were <laughs> in the new cycle also uh this year in april though they were not noticed so much because of the covid situation uh so mm. uh so there are a group of scary looking men who continue to exist till today and are in the new cycle uh, at a regular frequency of every few years and they mm-hmm. fought uh, sort of fearlessly against the british uh, but eventually uh, the battle of buxar was a loss for the indian side in the east india company won that and uh, yeah. eventually established their hold over awadh also so the question is yep. who are these group of scary looking men uh, and you know uh, what am i talking about when i'm saying they are in the news uh, cycle every few years mm. I think um, there was enough in the question that I have a guess. Uh, sure. But before I take the guess, I, I read it a long time back that uh, the day of or the night before the war, the Battle right. of Buxar, rather. Yeah. Uh, Sirajullah's men they left all the gunpowder in the open and it rained. But the British, for some reason, had the sense of covering their gunpowder. and which is why the next day british had the advantage of using gunpowder which the indians didn't and it was because of that unseasonal rain that we pretty much lost the continent but now coming back to your question hmm? yeah i mean uh, i i'm not aware of this particular uh, anecdote i think uh, there were some other reasons also because tactically they were not uh, sort of unified uh, army right and uh, East India Company Sepoy mm-hmm. uh, army was very well trained and drilled together and uh, sort of did everything together so yeah i mean there i'm sure this must be one of the reasons also uh, yeah mm-hmm. but go on uh, what is your answer oh so, uh, sorry maybe that was a battle of plassey if i'm not mistaken i think uh, that yeah, must yeah. have been yeah Or yeah, maybe it was Buxar. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to look that up. Uh, I'll have to brush up my own my history. Sure. But in your question, you gave a lot of hints. Right. You mentioned that this group of uh, you know arguably scary looking yes. uh, people, they were warriors. But now we don't associate them as warriors. And uh, are they 
more associated or with the religious sides of things yes are there yeah. religious sect yeah yeah ha yeah right so then i guess we you would we possibly be speaking about aghoris and uh, the reason why they keep coming into the news is primarily because uh, of their presence at the kumbh mela and the la- Uh, so, recent kumela was just so you a couple very, of months back very very close to the answer but agoris is a sort of a larger sect uh so i'm looking for okay. a more specific answer hmm so uh, so you are uh, hmm, so you are very very close uh, agoris are essentially uh, people who uh, these are sadhus who reject the the scriptures and they they believe in hmm. um Uh, charting their own path to moksha uh you know okay. by by you know subjecting themselves to physical tribulations and uh pains and uh, you know all those uh, uh, the sadhus that you typically see in in western literature earlier you know earlier times where people would lie on the bed of hmm. nails and those kind of walk through uh fire yes they are aghoris uh but that is not the answer i'm looking for i'm looking for a more specific sect uh which is basically uh sort of if you mm-hmm. look at uh, kumbh mela coverage this is the the most mm-hmm. uh, sort of talked about set of people and they are really uh, sort of uh, scary looking uh because they got been... think of the name sure so uh... so uh so so maybe uh, hmm. uh just one more hint is that uh so so every kumbh mela has a shahi snan right so which is where yes. uh, which is the most auspicious time uh to take the plunge so typically it Dip. is yeah. uh yeah so typically it's on makar sankranti if it is held in january this time it was for uh, another amavasya or something because uh, when it was happened in april chaitra amavasya i think uh, but uh mm-hmm. that is the 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 coverage uh, on shahi snan is uh, and these people have the first priority for shahi snan so all huh. the other pilgrims they have to wait uh this group goes in they have their snan and then mm-hmm. they come out and only then can people okay uh yes i think uh i you know a long time back a friend of mine who's a photographer yes he was given uh, an official sanction to cover the kumbh and there was i think uh, last mahakumbh that he covered right and uh, as you said this sect gets the first uh, are the first ones to go for the dip yes. since he was given an official permission as a photographer he was allowed sort of with them or before them so that he could take pictures of them right and is this juna akhada so so that is the one of the sort of uh, sadhu organizations which uh, take part in kum but this is uh, i'll give okay. you the answer this is the naga sadhus huh. these are the naga, naga sadhus. sadhus yes so so basically naga is nagna but uh, they are naked mm-hmm. uh, they just covered in ash and all of them carry weapons uh, which is a sort of a vestige from their uh military uh era basically so so in the battle oh, of buxar was, uh, hmm. yeah so in the battle of buxar uh please go on please go on sorry uh in the battle of buxar they they had 6000 of them and there were two brothers anup giri gosain and umrao giri gosain who 
basically led them uh, but uh, they sort of uh, i mean they these are people who are carrying swords and uh, tridents and stuff like that right and stones also mm. uh, but you can't yeah. uh, stand in front of a well trained uh, artillery unit right so you will just get mowed down yep. so that's what happened uh, for to this but uh, some of them they, they had some small uh, sort of victories but eventually they lost the day uh, at buxar so mm-hmm. but yes it is it is the same naga sadhus who we see in court uh, i i actually uh, thought agoris Right. Were the the naked ones? I didn't know there was a like different sects inside the yeah. uh, the Agori sect also. Yeah. So I, so so yeah. I, just, I mean, it, it can it is they are they are known as uh, Naga Sadhu. So it, uh, they are Agoris is a bigger sect. It's it's like a hmm, so these hmm. are a subset of uh, Agoris. They are they can also be termed as uh, Agoris, but uh, it's more specifically Naga. It's a subsect of it. Yes. Yes. 